Today is September 6th, 2020. This is episode 124 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. Welcome to episode 124 of Maelstrom Radio. Uh, my name is Quentin, and with me is my co-host. To finally get to the bottom of the age-old question, does a bear poop in the woods, we have Peter. Hi. It- and it is my absolute pleasure to introduce our guest for the week, uh, my friend and the, uh, sorry, my friend, the darling Chromias. <laughs> hello. Oh, Hello. Hey, welcome. Uh, Yeah, so uh, welcome to episode 124. Uh, How have you been? What have you been up to, Peter? Uh, I'm I'm in a house now. I moved. Uh, So it it may look the same to you uh, because of the green screen, but I guarantee you I am now in the Maelstrom Radio Midwest studio, as it's been dubbed by our producer, uh, Susan Sprinkle. Uh, So it's great. I have a lot. I have a lot of space, uh, I, <laughs> which is good because uh, now I have like a TV stand over here to, to this side over here. I have a TV stand with my consoles and stuff and my computers here. And then I have a table separate. My computer not on it or underneath it. It's elevated and I have a sit stand desk, so uh, I will be comfortable doing long streams now. I can I can have the option of uh, standing and or sitting. Uh, so uh, we we made a lot of. Uh, a lot of changes to how this will work uh and that's what i've been doing mostly this week uh playing a little bit of wow playing a little bit of fortnite and uh i did uh i did uh you know i did <laughs> i did get a, a hankering last night to try to test some of the stream and i i did a ama wearing the bear head that uh that's been in the closet uh for oh, no. two years <laughs> And then, oddly enough, I looked up uh, a game that was free uh, that I didn't know existed called Russian, uh, what was it, Russian Fishing uh, 4, and uh, you just fish. It's a free game. You just go fishing, and it's, it's, <laughs> it is the most relaxing, pleasant game, <laughs> and it's completely free. It, you just catch fish, and you sell them, and it's it's the graphics are alright, but the fishing is nice. It's very realistic. Oh, the music is super chill. It's a very chill game. Like, I will probably play that later tonight and relax. <laughs> like, it's such a relaxing, 
game. <laughs> so that's that's what I've been doing. Nice. Yeah. So Crow, what what have you been up to? Um well I got the first episode of the Link is Cute podcast started. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but in terms of video games, I've been hopping in I've been hopping between three this week, that being the Outer Worlds which uh, I'm endeavoring to finish my second playthrough, Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, I have played that game like four or five times, and Batman Arkham Knight, which I've been streaming to friends. Nice. That's uh, that's a lot of going on compared to uh, both of us, it sounds like. Uh, and, of course, uh, the one game I still play regularly, one MMO I still play regularly, I've been Warframe every other day. Ah, uh, yes, yes, Warframe. I've heard much <laughs> about it. Yes. Uh, I haven't been doing too much. I th- think, well, yeah, in the last two weeks, I, I've, I don't remember if I've started or I've just continued uh, a Hollow Knight playthrough uh, streaming for friends as well, which has been kind of cool. Uh, I have been watching some uh, Arkham Knight being played by you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh, what else have I doing? I, I, I tried playing Animal Crossing uh, Pocket Camp. That was interesting. Uh, <laughs> and there was some cat platformer game that I was playing on my phone. I can't remember the name of it offhand right now, but that's that's mostly what I've been up to. Uh, and then, of course, our Magicka run that we did last weekend. Uh, we are currently working our way through our Magicka runs uh, every other week. And it's it's a mess, to say the I, least. I, uh, that boss <laughs> sucked. That last boss sucked so much. <laughs> But we cleared it. We cleared it, and that's the important part. <laughs> uh, it hurt. Also, in, in the meantime, sorry, I just wanted to say thank you to uh, First Nook for, for the follow. Thank you very much. And uh, yes, we will get to the, the Link is Q podcast in a bit. Uh, that's definitely coming up here. I, I, real quick, is it wrong of me to say that I think that boss was almost harder than anything we fought in Dark Souls? Because I felt like that <laughs> At least more frustrating. It was a very frustrating boss. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> we had more connection issues with that than most of our Dark Souls playthrough too. Also true. Yeah. <laughs> Which is saying something. Yeah. But, all right. So I guess we can get what everyone is here for. Uh, we have quite a few new or a few new places, I should say, in chat, uh, and everyone here is here for Crow. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, did, did you want to introduce yourself or, or tell us a little bit about yourself, I guess, to, uh, to kick things off? Uh, sure. Um, my, uh, I am Crow. Uh, full name, full username, Chromias. I'm not telling you my real name. <laughs> um, I am into just about every video game you can think of. Uh, there's not really a particular genre I dislike. Um, I've, uh, <laughs> I want to get into my career, but <laughs> I want to get into my career. Uh, but uh, is that appropriate? Hey, sure. If you would like to, go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, I am a licensed paralegal, uh, and well, I can't actually be anywhere physically to do paralegal work because uh, the Rona. Uh, I also uh, moonlight as a model. Uh, and that has been particularly interesting. Um, and uh, I guess uh, I used to do Twitch as a career, and I'm planning on getting back into it. 
Ooh. Do, do you mind sharing what you used to do on Twitch? Um, at first, uh, exclusively, I was a Fallout 76 streamer um, when it just came out. Um, uh, and after uh, with the launch of 76, about two months after, and it had kind of died down, I got mm -hmm. into Warframe. Um, and I've never quite uh, hit as big uh, as that. And for me, big is like 12 people watching at once. <laughs> at one time, I got 300 people at once because wow. the game had just come out. <laughs> uh, uh, I've never hit those peaks before, but uh, I, with a new setup coming in and a more consistent streaming schedule, I plan on trying <laughs> to get pretty sizable. Going kind to of 12 like a... again, boy. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of doing it as a hobby, or you want to like go for like affiliate partner? Well, I don't know about partner. I, I, what are your kind of plans for that? Um, well, of course, pragmatic. Uh, I'm going to start it out as a hobby, and if it goes anywhere, if I have a penchant for streaming again, um, I think I'll try to at least get affiliate. Nice. There. Uh, it's quite interesting. It's got a nice aesthetic, uh, really simple, uh, like rough polygonal style. Um, I haven't played it in a long time. Have you ever played, um, what was that other one that we were playing that had Twitch integration? Uh, was that Ultimate Chicken Horse? Yep. Yes. Uh, I have never heard mm -hmm. of that. Uh, I'll have to send you a link later, but it's basically like you have a room and each, there's, everyone's got characters and you can place obstacles and you have to get to the exit, but you can place the obstacles wherever you want, and the audience can huh. choose which obstacles you can place. And your goal is to prevent everyone else from getting to the exit. Yep. <laughs> so you can imagine how hectic that could potentially get, and I think you can have up to, uh, was it eight people, six people? Four. Oh, okay, four. Yeah, there's um, a really good game anyway. Nope. Uh, with Kingdoms and Castles, the way the Twitch integration worked with that. Um, so every 10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes, um, mm -hmm. a prompt would go up in uh, stream for a random event to happen. And the chat could vote between one of three. And there was one benign one and two awful ones. And mm -hmm. so chat could pick between the two to uh, try to fuck up your progress. Um, one is like a double dragon attack, where two dragons attack you at the same time. And dragons are, of course, dragons, they're hard to deal with. Um, one that my chat was particularly fond of using, uh, uh, Plague of Rats. Um, so, um, Kingdoms of Castles, there's um, an economic system. And whenever you're hit with Plague, um, well, you... You need a lot of money to deal with it, but people are out of work, so you're not getting as much money in. You're not getting taxes. And so plagues are like the super nerf. Um, and um, they're not hard to deal with, but they're hard to recover from. Unlike dragon attacks, where you just need wells and a strong military, plagues are much harder to get, uh, get rid of. How, how, how perfect for these times. <laughs> like what you just described perfectly describes what's going on in the world. <laughs> Never, never experienced that before. <laughs> never. It's fun. <laughs> uh, I feel like I would do terrible in that game, but I do terrible in a lot of games, as you're familiar with. <laughs> um, 
so like i guess like how did you kind of start getting into these games like i guess gaming in general or like specifically i guess with, with fallout 76 or like what made you decide to kind of hop into this um opportunistic pragmatism for fallout 76 um <laughs> this was back when it was like oh i'm gonna be a streamer and everyone's gonna love me and i'm gonna make it big <laughs> so it was like Hmm, let me pick this relatively unpopular game that's going to have a small community with not a lot of people streaming it. Um, and it worked, as I said, when Fallout 76 came out, I peaked at like 300 with my terrible setup. <laughs> um, um, what got me into Fallout 76 in general is just that I'm a pretty big fan of Fallout, and even if 76 uh, sucked... I uh, didn't want to miss out on it. And also, I got it for free, so... <laughs> you can't really beat that. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard it's gotten it, better over time. I heard it, like, it really has picked up, like, um, especially recently. Um, yeah, I would definitely say so. I would straight up say that the um, Wastelanders update is straight up one of the best storylines in a Fallout game, period. Uh, but it still doesn't make Fallout 76 a good game because you still have to do the rest of the original main story to get to it, at least up to level 20. And the original main story for Fallout 76, trust me, I streamed it, blows. It is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's an interesting premise for a story, but... Um, it, it, it's really hard to convey an RPG story with, uh, well, with no NPCs. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that sounds challenging. So to summarize, um, Story of Fallout 76. Uh, have you guys played Fallout before? No. A Fallout game uh, or 76 specifically? Any Fallout game. Yeah, I played uh, Love New Vegas. So good. Uh, do you know of the Enclave? Yeah. Um, okay, okay. So the Enclave, before they got uh, nuked in Fallout 2, um, wanted to uh, rearm their nuclear capabilities, but because of the uh, DEFCON system, they weren't, weren't allowed to... Uh, they weren't allowed to use nukes until they reached at least DEFCON 3, which is impending threat. Um, so a, an insane Enclave supercomputer decided that in order to do that, it would be um, the bats in the Appalachia area. Um, not just the bats. Creatures in the Appalachia area. It would start using the FEV virus to super mutate them. And bats native to that area um, were carrying a disease of... Uh, were carrying a form of SARS when exposed to the FEV virus became the Scorch virus, which is, which is uh, spreads fast and is um, very say. deadly. <laughs> and uh, people infected with it, eventually uh, the infection starts in their lungs, but when it reaches their brains, they become scorched zombies. And these uh, scorched beasts, the mutated bats, could control them telepathically. And uh, that is the Fallout Fallout 76. You have to deal with the Enclave, creating mutants uh, and eventually a new disease because they want to rearm themselves with nukes and a new disease that is ravaging uh, the entirety of the East Coast. 
Wait, so were the mutant bats controlling the mutant humans? Yes, the mutant bats are called scorched beasts mm-hmm. when the scorched plague would infect humans and get to their eventually get to their brains. They could um, telepathically control them. They explain it some way in game, some like um, uh, in Fallout there are people called psychers when they're affected by FEB they had developed psychic powers and mm-hmm. the scorched are the same with that. So they uh, can mind control people infected with the Scorched Plague. I feel like I've played a uh, Vampire the Masquerade storyline that seems very similar. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say that I've ever heard of anything similar to that, so that's completely new to me. (laughs) Uh, I was talking about it with a few friends, and they said that, um, well, they weren't going to play Fallout 76, of course. This story was surprisingly prescient because it was a story of uh, bats creating a super plague. Yeah, that's not topical at all right now. No. <laughs> no, not at all. You play a lot of games that are very uh, not topical at the time. So. <laughs> I mean, Arkham Knight seems to be kind of topical, too. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Are you excited uh, about the uh, the new uh, art, or I guess the new Batman game? I'm Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. Uh, uh. Um, very much so. It looks good. Um, I'm a bit skeptical of the RPG system. Um, Arkham Knight and Arkham Origin had RPG systems, and um, Arkham Origins is great, and Arkham Knights is okay. Um, so I I don't think they could turn it in a negative direction. Uh, in Gotham Knights, but it is WB Games, um, and they did like force Monolith to add microtransactions or add loot boxes mm. specifically to Shadow of War. Yeah. So I'm going to hold out to see if they like try to turn the RPG system into something dumb. Oh, but um, I am excited to play Nightwing more, and uh, Nightwing and Red Hood co-op is really interesting to me. For sure. Oh, that is a big one. I am also <laughs> interested in seeing Nightwing played more. <laughs> I have learned a lot about Batman in the last two weeks. Not a whole lot <laughs> in overall, but in some. I know who Nightwing is now, at least. Kind yes, of. Quinn has learned more about Batman in the last two weeks than he has in his, in his entire life. <laughs> that is factual, yes. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, I guess... Tube. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only... <laughs> really should have made sure that was, soundboard got broken in the move. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Susan stopped. in chat was talking about the same thing I was just about to bring up. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you had just started a podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, so recently, I've been, pl- I've been planning to start a podcast for around a year now. Um, mm-hmm. A friend I have who is a streamer, I originally uh, planned to do it with her, but a lot of life stuff, ca- life stuff came up with her. And after that had passed, she decided she just wanted to stick to what she regularly streams. 
So I've been for a year just uh, trying to build up the courage to start my own podcast. Um, and within the last two weeks, uh, thanks very much to Quinn for giving me the impetus to do so. Um, uh, I started the Link is Cute podcast for the subreddit and Discord community, Link is Cute. <laughs> um, and the first episode went very, very well. Um, the format so far is an interview-style podcast where we also talk about news particularly pertaining to Nintendo properties, of course, because Link. Um, it's very I'm excited to see sense. where it goes. <laughs> do you have, uh, like, are you planning to kind of do this every week, every month? Like, uh, how are you kind of, kind of doing about this? And I know um, that the people here are, like, the people in chat that are from the Link is Cute community uh, are, some of them are surprised because they've never heard of this before. <laughs> yeah, it's been relatively on the down low. I didn't want to promote it. Yeah, I didn't want to promote it a lot until we had at least the first episode done. And we do have the first episode done. Uh, and it's great. <laughs> so I am perfectly Surprise. fine with shilling it now. <laughs> so we have the uh, the exclusive scoop here at Maelstrom Radio. <laughs> so rare. Do we have the exclusive scoop for anything? That is very true. And I, I definitely encourage everyone who is in chat, a lot of you are, are Link is Cute members, and a lot of you have no idea what Link is Cute is or knew that there was a subreddit or Discord community dedicated just to the fact that Link is cute. Um, <laughs> I can confirm that both of those things are in fact true, and I am part of one of them. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, Susan Sprinkle in chat wants to know, uh, so is Kermias the only host, and then there are rotating guests? Um, there are co-hosts is, of course, Autumn Blake, and I imagine uh, the members of Maelstrom Radio have met Blake before. He's great. Um, Blake has and, definitely been around. Uh, we plan on having a rotating table of guests, Quinn being the first and the second. Uh, yes, <laughs> and, I, we'll so. we... <laughs> and we'll see who we can get third. Yes, yeah, so so now that everyone knows all of this, uh, go <laughs> check out the first episode of the Link is Cute podcast uh, when it is up. I'm not sure when that will be, but we will have links in the show notes at some point. Uh, and of course, I will make sure to tweet all of those out and, and spam them in our Discord as well. Uh, yes, uh, both... my podcast me <laughs> <laughs> but both crow and uh blake are both really awesome people and you should really listen to them uh less myself but yeah the, the first episode was a lot of fun to do so i, I can't wait to see the second our right. first episode was on the mario 35th anniversary uh, uh mini direct and it was very very much fun to talk about i'm i'm super excited uh real quick though i want to point out crow uh he doesn't do a lot of like solo like guesting on podcasts. Like that's mostly me. <laughs> that's, like, that's mostly like to get to get him is like kind of like getting a golden goose egg. <laughs> uh, I have done none. So, I think I think I guested on three podcasts so far this year. One of them was Moogle Go Round, which I've been a guest on multiple times with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one was the weekly cool down when we did yeah. that. And I think the third was the Link is Cute podcast inaugural episode. Rounded it up. Yep. Um, yeah, Quinn and I have uh, 
recently become supremely close friends. So it was very, it was very good to have him on the show. Oh, and it, it already <laughs> looks like you have three different volunteers for uh, helping out with the the Link is Cute podcast. Both uh, Renty, Percy, and Mental have all uh, expressed intentions to, to help out. There you go. Look, you got, I will message you guys after this you show. Got, then you got three, four, <laughs> and five. It looks like three, four, five. Not the power of the. Welcome to the show. Hi. But uh, yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun, and I know like we talked about this all yesterday, so I don't want to talk a lot about it because I want everyone to go listen to the Link is Cute podcast where we already talked about it. Um, but you did bring up the, the, the Mario 35th anniversary, so I did want to touch on that really, really quick, because I know Peter also has a lot of interest in this. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love Mario 64 so much. Like, I'm wearing a Roy <laughs> shirt. <laughs> like, <I'm... laughs> First of all, Roy the best Koopa kid. I don't, <laughs> we can, we can debate about that, but Roy is the best Koopa kid. He's the coolest. And if anyone was going to cosplay Roy, it's probably me. Second, <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Mario 64 cannot wait. I will stream that. I love that game so much. Uh, and I also, I mean, also that Mario Battle Royale. I- I'm sad that that's a limited thing. I'm so sad. <laughs> Those are my thoughts on it. Uh, I'm sad. It should not be limited. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am kind of interested in that because uh, we did talk about it a little bit yesterday, but one thing that I thought of after we had talked about is I could see them limiting it because uh, Nintendo has a history, a history of having really terrible online services. So I'm wondering <laughs> if they're limiting it so that they like they don't have a massive impact on their network infrastructure. Oh, no, because... That- so- They'll do it for like a period and then they'll dedicate the that infrastructure to a new game or a new series, like just rotating it on the same systems. I mean, they did it for uh Tetris uh battle and it's the same system. Mm-hmm. Like and Tetris is that's a widely popular game, like so I don't know. I I, I maybe I don't know, I'll just wait and see. I wanna see what happens. Well, maybe, the same thing. The same thing also happened with Tetris 99. Tetris 99 was only free for a very brief period of time. In order to play it, after that free period, you had to subscribe to Nintendo Online. Oh, uh, I wonder if that's going to be. The, I'm okay with that. Then, if I have to subscribe to give you more Mario Battle, I'll do that all day. Yeah. <laughs> Chili in chat suggested Metroid Battle Royale. I don't think we talked about that one last night. That would be cool. That would be um, cool. I- I was thinking of it, but um, uh, as I, uh, unlike Legend of Zelda and Mario, where there's a myriad of ways to, well, yeah, there's a myriad of ways to approach uh, the Legend of the original Legend of Zelda, period, because it's just a very open game. And Mario, mm-hmm. um, with the abundance of secret levels and shortcuts you could do, it's also good uh, for massive multiplayer with metroid the original metroid specifically it progresses progresses very linearly with a minimal amount of secrets um Mm -hmm. i could see super metroid because super metroid does have variation in how you progress but the original metroid i'm not entirely sure Mm. the the one that just did pop into my head and i forget the name of the game um but for the gamecube the the Kirby racing game. The Star that would be fun as a battle royale. 
<laughs> that, would, that would be an interesting battle right now. Can we get Diddy Kong racing again? What happened to that? <laughs> Speaking of racing games. Mario Kart Battle Royale. I, absolutely. <laughs> like, it, SNES, like SNES graphics Battle Royale, though. Like, so that you can hold a lot of people and sprites. Mm-mm, the, the, the balloon game, what part? Oh, okay. Yeah, balloon battle. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. That's not bad. No. Wise. Yeah, let's get that going. So, <laughs> one thing... Oh. So, uh, I, Blake also brought this up yesterday and it sounded really interesting wario wear royale oh <laughs> i i my my switch would snap in two i can't. <laughs> uh, I, i'm gonna hold off on any more for that if you want to hear us talk about that anymore please go listen to the link is cute podcast and that way uh you can hear all of the really cool stuff that we talked about uh especially like- with blake and crow's really cool opinions uh, the Link is uh, Cute podcast will be, uh, I think, uploaded, I think, Friday. Okay, cool. I will update our, our the this episode of Maelstrom Radio will be up on Wednesday, so I will edit in the links once I have them, uh, once they're live. All right. Perfect. So, hey, Talon, welcome. Uh, so I guess one of the things I we, we kind of touched on yesterday, but not a whole lot, um, and this will kind of segue into a different portion here. Uh, one of the things that I'm really excited about Mario, the 35th anniversary for Mario, isn't so much the 35th anniversary of Mario, but the upcoming 35th anniversary of Zelda and what the potential is for um, upcoming things that, that Nintendo could do for the 35th anniversary. Like we saw a few things happen during like the 25th and the 30th. And the, the things that I remember most are like the the orchestral CD, which was just beautiful. Um, but is there anything you're kind of looking forward to for that potentially or want? Um, I, I've said this before, but I definitely think there isn't going to be anything related to Breath of the Wild 2 news this year. Mm -hmm. So I think for Zelda 35th next year, um, they're going to at least give us a teaser. Um, and a teaser would of course just be a platitude and I may, I may like love it because I'm, in, of course, in love with Link. Um, but I'm hoping for something more substantive, like uh, a gameplay demo, like Breath of the Wild got a gameplay demo two years before it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, I think Nintendo should lock everyone's Switch uh, behind Zelda 2 The Adventures of Link, and you have to beat it first before you can play your other games. So everyone is forced to appreciate Zelda 2 as much as me. That is one of the few Zelda games I have not ever touched. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, you can at least it's not locking us around the other Zelda games that we won't mention. Uh, locking locking it behind Zelda Two is actually a mercy compared to locking it behind the original Zelda because that game is frustrating. Uh, yes, I mean there there is the what is it CDX. Zeldas, the the animated ones, the, C- the, the Philips CDI Zeldas, the CDI yeah, yeah, Zeldas. Yeah. Oh, those are so uh, bad. Technically, Ugh. Nintendo doesn't own those. Philips they does. Do. Yeah, Philips does. Yeah, those are bad. They've been disowned. Excuse me, princess. Oh, they're so bad. So <laughs> bad. How, how, to make, how, how to make Link not cute? <laughs> 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 
Talon in the chat was is hoping that there's a Twilight Princess remake, and honestly, for myself, I really can hope that there's a Skyward Sword remake, mostly because I never finished it on the Wii U, and I'd really like a chance to play that again. Yeah. Uh, I would love to play a Twilight Princess HD uh, ported to Switch, as long, uh, along yeah. with Wind Waker. Um, yep. I'm not sure... Oh, previously, before the Mario 35th, I wasn't sure if they could do Skyward Sword on Switch because of the motion controls, but... They're doing Mario Galaxy on mm -hmm. Switch, and that has a lot of motion controls. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if they'll put the same development solutions for Mario Galaxy as they will in the Skyward Sword. Um, if that if that's the case, then I'm all for it, because Skyward Sword is super underrated, and I think people would be more open to trying it um, without uh, as involved motion controls. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that... Like, I remember playing Skyward Sword a little bit. I, I did a little bit before I just gave up on it because I didn't want to <laughs> bring my Wii U with me. Uh, but I, it, the gameplay was kind of, was good, but it was definitely a little bit frustrating trying to, to get through everything. Yeah. Uh, Chili in chat says, I thought Galaxy 1 had less motion, motion controls than 2, hence why we aren't getting 2. That is something we never really thought about or talked about yesterday. Could be... That may be the reason. But yeah. Galaxy 1 does have, um, I would say, at least a quarter of the game uh, requires motion input. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it could just be a stage like, thing, too, unless right? They want to, uh, maybe. Unless they want to entirely redo col the collecting of stars. Because some of the stars are impossible to get without the use of motion. Um and I, don't. I don't think they're going to remake like a quarter yeah, of say, Super Mario Galaxy. That's, that's too much for them to do. <laughs> they wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're going to come up with a clever way to get around that. Um, <laughs> uh, hopefully, all of the problems with Joy-Con drift are ironed, ironed out before then, <laughs> because some hope. of those Super Mario Galaxy levels are going to be hell with Joy-Con drift. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think they can make it work, and I think they can make Skyward Sword work with those same solutions. I can see if if Galaxy Two had more motion controls, I could see them sorting out the kinks with Galaxy One, and then working on Galaxy Two in the background and Skyward Sword uh, once they had the the initial version out. Something else they could do for the Legend of Zelda uh, anniversary is also if they wanted to port over uh, four swords for a Switch version, that way they could have a yeah. multiplayer uh, Legend of Zelda, which would be great. Uh, also, I'd like to see if they would drop a uh, N64 uh, online and see if they'll put uh, Ocarina of Time and... Uh, I can't think of the other one all of a sudden in my head. Uh, Majora's, Majora's Mask. Mask, yeah, on on uh, on that. Because we have NES and we have SNES. And I'm hoping next they'll drop a uh, N64. Uh, I, I think they could do it. I don't think there's anything preventing them from putting it out on the... Uh, unless I unless there's news and I didn't hear something. <laughs> no, no, when you said that, like, I would really like to play uh, Four Swords Adventures, but online co-op. Yeah, it'd be great. that would be great. And, and then when you said, oh, go ahead. hopefully it goes better than Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles with online co-op. <laughs> oh yes. no! Yes. <laughs> oh no! Where in their online just not not a great combination. 
<laughs> the other one, when you said N64 emulator, the thing that immediately popped into my head was uh, GoldenEye online multiplayer. Because I would pick that up in a heartbeat if we could play GoldenEye 007. Oh, see, uh, I, uh, I don't know if they'll be able to do it because they'd have to get the rights for James Bond again. Right? Oh, no, yeah, they'd have to negotiate. The- I mean, they could. No, that was one uh, of the classic games. That was actually a problem with getting GoldenEye on the Wii Virtual Console. They had to negotiate mm. for the rights between EA, WB, WB Games, and Rareware. Because they all technically own a portion of that game. Um, <laughs> I imagine um, Rare won't be particularly hard. Because um, Nintendo and Microsoft have a fairly good relationship now. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, WB is not going to give up James Bond without a fight. No, Nintendo's just got to buy WB. That's all. <laughs> That's all you got to do. That's all you got to well, do. What could go wrong? Just buy WB games and Nintendo well, owns them. And guess what? Now we got it. <laughs> I don't know how EA would feel because EA just does not port their games to Switch. They don't. It's true. I mean, if you tell EA that there's money in it, they might try. Mm. Uh, also true or or if nintendo was saying hey we'll give you money but do all the work for you they might try yeah (laughs) maybe maybe start trying to make a 180 i mean they did open up and say hey listen remember that thing called origin you don't need it anymore uh everything's on steam now please ignore (laughs) ignore the orange circle Um, on on your your actually if you if you buy an EA game on Steam in order to access online functionality, you need to have both an Origin account and yeah. Origin running whenever you launch those games. Boo. It was a problem they had to iron. Boo. It was a problem they had to iron out with Titanfall 2 and Dragon Age Inquisition because um, Steam wasn't uh, Steam wasn't turning Origin on when those games started. So the games would start then immediately crash because they weren't detecting Origin. <laughs> So, um, yeah, EA had to create a solution where whenever you start those games via Steam, there would be a pop-up saying, hey, you need to create an Origin account. (laughs) So, essentially, it's Uplay for EA games now. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Can't have nice things, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Alan was asking in chat, if Nintendo bought WB, does that mean we could have the Justice League in the next Smash DLC? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We can have uh, Batman and Smash. It, well, they'd, they'd need to be from a video game. or f- Originating from a video game. So maybe we might Superman get... Superman 64. Um, we could have Nightwing and Smash. <laughs> Super, you can have Superman 64. Fine. <laughs> from a video game. They'd have to have like a video game original character. Like, um... Nightwing and Smash? Uh, Nightwing is a comic book character originally, too. Um... Let me let me think. They could have one of the Arkham Knight's goons from Arkham Knight as a as a fighter in Smash. That'd be a, a Wii Fighter skin. Or Wii <laughs> Fighter, sorry. We we all know for sure that Mario or Superman sixty four Super Move would be uh, throwing people through all the rings you'd have to fly through. <laughs> throwing them through wings and through rings into pea soup fog. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> K O O. That's the final smash. Yeah, that's it. Um, so talking about the N sixty four. Um, what are your guys? What what got you into games, or what are your starting consoles? 
Uh, I think the first console that I actually had was the Sega Saturn. And I had uh, Virtua Fighter on there. I think I had Knights and uh, one of the Sonic games. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Remember, I had to save little birds. Uh, but after that, I did end up getting a an N64, and my games on that were Ocarina of Time, uh, GoldenEye 007, and uh, Majora's Mask, which still is one of my top Zeldas right now. Which is not stereotypical for me at all. I do. I'm not a huge fan of Zelda whatsoever. Uh, yes, thank you, <laughs> Chiliot, with Sonic 3D Blast, and I love that game. Home. Oh, oh. Hold on, before I answer, I want to point out Talon says in chat, Superman 64 was a gem of a game, and I I really hope he's being, being sarcastic. <laughs> I really, really hope. I don't think you and I played the same Superman 64, sir. <laughs> I, I am glad I've never played Superman 64. Same. Uh, yeah. I, if we're counting handheld consoles, I did have a, a Game Boy original with Pokemon Blue and uh, Link's Awakening. Of course, I had the Zelda games. Of course. I, I'm old, and <laughs> uh, so... So I got a hand-me-down Atari initially, um, but I also got ended up getting a hand-me-down NES and so really the games I initially started playing a lot of were uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 I love that game it's got some of the best Mario music it's just fun and it the theater aspect of it was so good uh, Legend of Zelda of course and then Mike Tyson's Punch-Out uh, probably one of my favorite I will I'm I, I I'm waiting patiently I, I will ask for every every Anytime they do any some sort of event and I'm just like, come on, just you did it for the switch uh, or for the Wii. And I just please, please give me another punch out for the switch. We have the controllers. You can make it controlled motion and and or not. And I would love it so much. Like the games. Have you seen it on the Wii? It's it's super cute. And yeah, I played uh, it. Oh, so good. <laughs> like it's, it's so classic. Um, of Games on the NES, I would definitely say um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out has is has aged flawlessly. It, it is as perfect as the day it came out. It is like, like mechanically, it, it entirely tight knit and super sound. And um, there's nothing really as exhilarating in any video game as beating a hard fighter in Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Um, and they translated that super well into Punch Out for the Wii. And I'd love to see what they could do on a Switch. It, um, such a shame. My like, console that's, of origin. That's such a sleeper game for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk about Metroid fan It's base. like Metroid. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Metroid, where yeah. it, it's kept alive by the fan base, not by the money. Um, yeah. My starter console was when I was young. Um, and when my dad was young, my dad was was Sega faithful uh, up till the very, very end of the Dreamcast. So we had all of the Sega consoles. Um, they were good consoles. Um, they were, they were. Um, I didn't play any of the Se uh, Sega, any of the pre-Dreamcast games because um, I was, they were too difficult. Uh for the payout 
uh, and I found I appreciate them more now as someone who doesn't suck his video games and not a literal <laughs> child. <laughs> but um, when I was a kid, um, we had a Dreamcast with Power Stone 1 and 2. And so I spent my days as a youth playing Power Stone 1 and 2 a whole lot. Um, and that was kind of my console experience growing up. My dad also, when he found out the Dreamcast was going to be Sega's final console, no matter what happened, got a PlayStation 1 with um, every Final Fantasy game that was available, even the collections of the SNES games, uh, Final Fantasy Origins, Chronicles, uh, another one that has Chrono Trigger in it. <laughs> um, and of course, seven, eight, and nine. Um, and I played those a lot as a kid until the PS2. Um, I came, uh, the PS2 came out around the time I was born. So that's technically my console of origin, but I didn't get around to playing it till like 2004, towards the end of its lifespan because we just couldn't afford one. I, it, I want to say if we're going around consoles that were, came out around when we were born, I think that was the original Game Boy. For me, I'm 85. Uh, that predates the any uh, the SNES at least. The NES, I think, that was, was 88. Popular. Yeah, uh, I don't know what came out around. The, like maybe the I don't know. Yeah, it might be the NES. Might be the NES. You're right. 1983 uh, yeah. was the NES. So probably yeah. I'm between the, the NES and the SNES. Well, NES launched in 1985. I guess it launched in America in 1985. So probably. That, that probably makes more sense. Uh, so, yeah, the NES, uh, and it, it makes sense. I mean, I loved, uh, I still, I mean, I have all the Mega Man collections on on Steam. I love Mega Man so yes. much. Uh, yes. Per, the perfect platformer. <laughs> Tighten it. Another game that is, it is perfect and still, like, controls are tight and you have to know what you're doing in that game and the music is still phenomenal so i don't um, know about the game but that music is great my mega man uh, my first mega man was uh of course uh my dad had a ps1 he was a mega man buff before i was born so he got mega man x and mega man x is glorious i i st i still replay it regularly to this day um i've played uh one through nine um, and I want to play 10, 10 and 11. Both great games. Both amazingly yes. great games. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to ask a question, which I might know the answer to, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume you played Shovel Knight. Yes, yes, I have. Uh, I've so never good. beaten it. Right. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> the music yeah, in there is also it, good. It, I've been meaning to get around to beating it for a few months now. Um, I have it for Wii U. Uh, and um, I was mentioning to a friend that I re was replaying ukulele, uh, mm -hmm. and that Shovel Knight was in it. And he was like, "Oh, that uh, I want to replay Shovel Knight," and he beat it in like a day. <laughs> and I, I still have yet to beat it. So I'm one of these days. I'm just gonna sit down with my Wii U and endeavor to finish Shovel Knight. <laughs> Perfect. That's kind of what happened with me and Hollow Knight. I started playing, and now a whole bunch of other people are playing, and they're getting past me on multiple playthroughs. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, let's but schedule uh, another session. So you have to you have <laughs> yes. to experience it in all its glory. Well, 
I'm also waiting because yeah. I'm playing through with a few friends. So I'm waiting to like we all have the same schedule and can play through it. So it's a little bit tougher to to organize, but it's a lot of yeah. fun. A lot of fun. We we spent six months playing Dark Souls. So I can't say I'm hoping that we spend less than six months trying to play through Hollow Knight because that oh. would mean that either we're not playing a whole lot or I really, really suck. I don't think I'm that bad. Uh <laughs> for me, my first time playing Dark Souls, I played it for three or four days. Um, uh, but that's me like sitting down for eight-hour sessions at a time. So I imagine across like three months, that's normal. Uh, for, yeah, I think we were about uh, thirty you know, hours like, in the game. Yeah, we were thirty. Yeah, 30 yeah. thirty-five. Um, I've replayed Dark Souls so many times that I could sit down and beat it in a day. Uh, right. And it's that that. It's the same for Mega Man X, where my first time playing Mega Man X, of course, I was a small child. It took me like a week. But if I, if I really want to, I can sit down and beat Mega Man X in a day. It's just those kinds of games. Uh, the best kinds of games where it takes you a while to figure them out and you take your time on your first playthrough, but you get progressively better the more and more you play it and you can just power through it. Um, yeah. I've had this discussion about uh, game length before. I think most games um, on average shouldn't exceed 8 to 12 hours. Uh, and for a recent example, recently I played The Last of Us 2 with my boyfriend. Um, and it's what, a 16 hour game? Um, it and it, yeah, easily it didn't need to be over 10. Mm. Um, like the final 8 hours of that game uh, were not necessary. Um, Actually, on that same note, I, I had kind of a similar feeling with Final Fantasy XV. I think I ended up putting just yeah. over 30 hours into that game. Oh, sorry? Oh, no, keep going. I just said, of course. Oh, yeah. It was, like, I liked the game. I really did like XV a lot, uh, which is kind of a controversial opinion around. But, uh, <laughs> like, it... I did find that there were points in it that just it, they could have gotten rid of. Like they just seem to be extending the game for the sake of extending the game. Yeah. So, um, that, yeah. That's a similar feeling I have with The Last of Us 2. I think mm -hmm. it's a good game, which is a somewhat controversial statement, of course. Um, uh, but a lot of the problems aren't with what everyone's bringing up so much as it's too long and the pacing yeah. is bad. Um, I. Uh, this is a very controversial statement. I don't like the original The Last of Us at all. I don't think it's a good game. Um, I've never played I think it. The Last so. of Us, I think gameplay-wise, The Last of Us Out 2 outdoes it in basically every way. Um, the story is a bit weaker than the original. Um, and one thing I won't fault the original for, it has a good story, a very compelling narrative. Uh, two, its narrative isn't as good, but the gameplay is better. And ironically, I was more invested in The Last of Us 2 because I enjoyed playing it more than the original. Um, I will straight up say this. Um, I think the gameplay for the original Last of Us is serviceable, like veering heavily on just straight up bad. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I would definitely love to get into that one day with you, but probably not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> we, I think we can almost dedicate like a whole episode to this because uh, I am a hot take machine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I would absolutely about, love to get into this. I can so we talk will talk about after. The last of us for hours. 
<laughs> um, uh, recently, I've been playing, uh, I've said it before, I was playing Mass Effect Andromeda. And mm -hmm. I am part of the uh, Mass Effect Andromeda is secretly good cult. <laughs> so I think it's a very good game, but it has the same issues as Final Fantasy XV, where it's, there's just too much content and it's paced mm -hmm. too awkwardly. And the main story is bad. Terrible. <laughs> You're also not a fan of Ma Mass Effect 3, if I remember, right? I am not a fan of Mass Effect 1 or 3. I think uh, 1 is just a good game, serviceable. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't get the hype around the writing. Mass Effect 1's writing is like a particularly bad episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> um, I can see that, yep. <laughs> um, Mass Effect 2 is great in every way. The gameplay is great. The story is... Um, well, it's a bit overtly dramatic for my tastes, and it's clear they were making up drama for the sake of drama. No. It, it basically outdoes Mass Effect 1 in every way, every facet I can think of. Um, and 3 is terrible. I hate 3. I hate 3. Uh, I think 1 is a good game that just isn't as good as people hype it up to be with bad to mediocre writing. 3 mm -hmm. is an awful game with terrible writing. Um, uh, um, just ignore the ending. I don't care about the ending. The ending could have been the best closing to any trilogy in the world, and it would not have made up for, like, the absolute uh, trial I had to go through to get to it. Um, I despise Mass Effect 3. Multiplayer is great, though. Yeah, that's what you just <laughs> said in chat. The multiplayer was good, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they they, they um, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Andromeda is better than 1 and 3 on all fronts except the story. The story in Andromeda, in Mass Effect 1, as I said, it's good uh, verging on bad. In Andromeda, it's bad verging on terrible. Uh, so Ooh. the story uh, is not good, but the gameplay is great and the character writing is particularly good. Um, I think stronger... They're using a lot of character archetypes from Mass Effect, uh, the original trilogy, of mm -hmm. course. But I think their reuse of those archetypes actually does those characters credit because a lot of the writers on Mass Effect Andromeda are better than the writers in the original trilogy. Hmm. They were just handed a project that they only really had a year and a half of development time on and couldn't finish. Last minute crunch, our favorite yeah. topic. Not last minute crunch. They had to crunch for like three months. That, I mean that that's kind of la or that that's yeah. Last minute crunch is my favorite. Sadly, not story. uncommon. <laughs> I, I I would say last minute crunch for me couldn't surpass a week. Like I understand crunching for a week because you're just like trying to get the game as polished as possible. Oh yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda, they weren't trying to polish the game. They were trying to have enough game to send out. Yeah, I feel like a lot of studios end up crunching for like three to six months towards yeah. the end of the project, um, and it's just not great. To not get into a too involved conversation, I will limit it to um, <laughs> Andromeda had five years of development, but three years of those were people who didn't know what they were doing at the leadership, uh, at the leadership helm. Um, uh, virtually having all their ideas scrapped because they were impractical and stupid and limiting the team to only a year and a half of real development time out of the five mm. they got. 
Um, it's rough. Ugh. The original plan for Andromeda was to have them with, uh, what, 34? Uh, uh, procedurally generated worlds that you could fully explore. Mm-hmm. Um, they playtested it, and of course, everyone who playtested it was like, this game sucks, there's nothing to do. <laughs> so um, all the heads got fired and replaced with old heads, like Casey Hudson. Uh... And they had to finally settle on, well, the, we've got a story, so why don't we just like create seven worlds, handcraft them, and then force them out in a year with the limited time and money we have. Ugh. Interesting ideas, poor execution. Yeah. <laughs> Bad ideas that became interesting ideas with awful execution. Uh, <laughs> not, that's not fun, though. Uh, uh, uh. Th- nothing will ever get me into more of a tizzy than crackpot, like, crackpot game devs who are like, Procedurally generated everything with triple A polish. That's how you build a game, right? You just you can release that every five years and <laughs> No Man Sky. <laughs> Although they I gotta give them credit. They've tried to fi- they've mostly fixed it. <laughs> they've mostly my, my, my problem mostly. with No Man's Sky, um of course the launch date of that game was entirely unacceptable. But it was an indie game made by seven people that was yeah. promoted like a triple A game. Yep. And it absolutely wasn't. Nope. Um, and oh, it, this, it was an indie game. Day, when, they polished, when they polished everything out to like a mirror sheet. I like the current version of No Man's Sky. Oh, for it, sure. It's still just an indie game with indie game polish. And mm-hmm. it shouldn't have been advertised like a triple A game. No. I do love and a it also shouldn't. I was gonna say I do love a sleeper when an indie game is uh, announced as an indie game, but then it has AAA polish, and you're just like, oh, this, this deserves all the money and praise it's getting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Sony definitely should have get, given Hello Games like a year extension because their offices were literally flooded, sure <laughs> uh, and that game should not have been allowed to launch in the state that it did. Nope. No, it should not. Mm. Uh, but it's good now. Go play it. It's uh, if you have. Uh, I, I have. Um, have you played the new mech update? I have not. I I have it uh through Game Pass because Game Pass is. Ah. Thanks, Microsoft. Um, <laughs> I have it on GOG, and the most recent update that I can think of. I haven't played it in around a month. They added bipedal mechs you can pilot. Um. And they're really cool. They're mechs. They're also good at mining. They make mining way faster. Um, I also really like the underwater update. Uh, Water levels? Yes, and that's really all I can think to say of No Man's Sky. Um, it's a good game, but it's like a Minecraft-style game where when, when you've seen it, you kind of get what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quentin and I know something about some Minecraft style games, landmark. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Yeah, too soon. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, That's only been six years. Only six. But only be five because they canceled only, it. They they're technically working on something. Technically. Oh, uh, what happened? Uh, uh, way back when uh, Sony Online Entertainment, back in 2012, 
uh, announced that they were working on a game called EverQuest Next, which is the spiritual successor oh. to EverQuest 1 and oh, 2. Oh, the pain. And <laughs> then in 2014, uh, we yeah. att- I attended SOE Live, and they told us all about Landmark, which is the uh, engine generating all of it. And then in 2015 and 20 or 2016, uh, they canned the entire thing, sold the company to a uh, investment firm, was it? Yep. Uh, and yeah, that was. Uh, mm. uh, um, That's where we met. Um, yeah. <laughs> back when we had like one of those big, bulky Dell computers with the giant monitors. Uh-huh. Um, I, what I would do is I would get online and I would play um, Ultima Online or EverQuest all day. Um, and I was hyped when EverQuest Next was announced. Yep. And the pain when, yeah. like, um, you look up EverQuest now, and the most like the the most relevant thing to come up is an Angry Joe video. Yeah. Uh, the the hurt, <laughs> the hurt. Yeah, that's that's how we met, and, or or Quentin and I met, and. Uh, because yeah. he he was doing background website work for uh, EQ Nexus, and I was hosting uh, a, a, a podcast, oddly enough, called uh, Ever. Uh, oh my god, I can't remember Ever uh, Evercast. Evercast. Oh man, and <laughs> uh, and we grew like we, and then that's how we met. We became friends, and I was like, hey, we should talk about Final Fantasy, and that evolved to this, and now we're not talking yeah. about Final Fantasy, but we're still talking, so I guess that's important. <laughs> um, <laughs> sadly, like EverQuest, Ultima has also not gone anywhere. No, no. The I... the the Ultima pain hurts more. Yeah, I'm surprised it's still around. Honestly, that one's Ultima is pretty old. It is yeah. old. EverQuest is still getting content update though. Like uh, at least every year they drop um, a new uh, expansion for each Ever EQ one and two. Uh, same with Ultima Online. Ultima Online gets a uh, major update every year. I'm sorry, that took me by surprise. I, that I did not. I was not aware because I don't yeah. check my Ultima news for this show. But. <laughs> I, I still play Ultima Online. Yeah, Susan, nice. Susan is chat. also surprised. You can still play. I'll never see her again. She used to play Ultima Online. That's it. It's game yeah. over. She's yeah, you, you can out. still play Ultima Online. Uh, it's been. Uh, about a month since I last log in, logged in. I, didn't, I don't think it disappeared out of nowhere on me. Uh, but if you check, you can still download and play Ultima Online for free. Bye, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's been clocking in WoW. She, I mean, she's getting her gear score up already, so... Um, I've never been too big into WoW. Um, Same. It, it's just the kind of MMO um, I've... I um, I played WoW first when I was like twelve, um, and I still go back every year or two to check on it. And it's just like a a kind of MMO structure I prefer in Final Fantasy fourteen and the Elder Scrolls Online. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I've I've I really do. W- want to get into wow because a lot of my friends play it but it's just when i play it i'm constantly reminded of games i think it did did it better can i can, yes can I, thank you <laughs> can i suggest waiting for this uh at least the pre-patch of this next expansion 
they they have, they are going back and are redoing the entirety of the leveling experience and doing a squish. Uh, you will be able to level one through fifty through an expansion. Like any, and it, uh, if you've not gotten to max level, you'll they'll put you into BFA the the last expansion that the current expansion that's currently out. So you can experience the story leading up to the next expansion. Uh, but you can from <laughs> what people are saying, you can get from one to fifty, which is max level until the ex- next expansion comes out in October. Uh, in about all right four to eight hours depending on your your game speed and it's very straightforward you play through the entire story of an expansion uh and they have a starting island that teaches you how to play the game and teaches you what things are and what buttons do and how to play your and they do very specific classes if you're a rogue they'll tell you like hey this is how you use subtlety and this is how you do uh backstab and stuff like that like hey i'm gonna teach you how to like they very much walk you through uh, it's it was needed two expansions ago, <laughs> uh, but it is uh, luckily it is coming now. So, I was actually planning on uh, downloading and playing WoW again sometime soon because I wanted to renew my subscription to Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, yeah, you need to catch up on that thinking, one for sure. Yeah, I was thinking. Hmm. Well, I usually just play WoW. Think of other games I think are better than play those. So. Uh, getting back into Final Fantasy XIV, now might be a good time to play WoW again and see if that feeling comes back. I, I, um, give it a few weeks until the pre-patch comes out, and then once that leveling, that's when I would suggest rolling back in, <clears throat> because right. uh, that's... Uh, and you're always welcome to come join, uh, and I'll shameless plug the uh, War Party Guild on your server. <laughs> that's, All right. Um, that's, that's where Susan Sprinkle, Quentin, myself, and a few other people are, so... And we're all nice. Um, <laughs> I've been, uh, yeah, I've been subbed to Final Fantasy XIV since 1.0. I was there when the world ended. Um, I, I, I was literally like 13 years old. <laughs> um, huge Final Fantasy fan, of course. Um, so what I do is I play Final Fantasy XIV. Um, well, I sub to Final Fantasy XIV to play all the new content when it comes out. I let my sub pass, then I resub when more new content comes out. Um, uh, I'm currently, I, th- yeah, I'm I'm currently about as far. Uh, I am currently up to when Absolute Virtue came out for Final Fantasy fourteen, um, and that's the last time I've played. And I plan on resubbing soon to get through all the new Shadowbringers content. I, I, unfortunately, that's I, that's where I'm kind of at with uh, Final Fantasy. I'm like I'm I'm pretty much subbing for the content, and I'm trying to take it little bit by little bit um, with Final Fantasy, just enjoying it kind of like as a more of a single player game with some MMO elements. And I'm spending yeah, yeah. more MMO time in WoW, and I'm excited about the expansion because I think Blizzard is putting a lot of effort into making it uh, very not only just better for new players coming into the game and le- less very uh, like hostile to a new player and making it very much more like, hey, this is how you do uh, a tank stance. And like they actually give you uh, like they'll, they'll run you through like a mini dungeon on the new like starter island and you'll they'll teach you how to like how to party up with people. I think it's so cool, like how they're doing that. Uh, and then also in the expansion, like there's a lot of inclusivity and stuff like that. Like there's a. A person who a, a character an NPC that is transgender, and it's cool because they're trans they they are a male in their afterlife, but were female in their living life, but they do not remember 
anything about who they were as a person, but they knew they weren't. They know who they are now is who they were supposed to be. And I think that's like the writing on it is uh, it's so good. It's so, so good. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, so last time I played Final Fantasy XIV, coming up to Absolute Virtue, because I, I did resub just to beat Absolute Virtue. Um, when you get to that point in the game, uh, just a lot of Final Fantasy XIV becomes like, oh, hey, it's clear I'm playing an MMO. This is very, like, MMO mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard that a lot of the content and the new updates since them have been, like, single-player heavy and also very good. So I'm excited to get to those. And um, now that I've met Quinn and Carmen and a few other people, I actually have people to play Final Fantasy XIV with now. We're um, all on different data centers, though. <laughs> oh dear. Carmen is playing on the uh, Asian servers, I believe. The the um, Oceana servers. I'm on uh, one of the North American servers. And there's, I think, people playing also on the European servers. I'm in, I'm in one of the yeah. North American servers. Um, yeah. I haven't joined a guild in Final Fantasy XIV for a while. Um, I've been in a guild since uh, 2.0 started. Um, and that's basically who I've stuck with uh, ever since the guild died, and now there are only like 12 active members. <laughs> or that I can remember, because it's been a while since I've played. Um, and so I've just been like kind of out of the multiplayer experience in Final Fantasy XIV, because mm-hmm. it's mostly just me and 12 people who have been around since the beginning of 2.0, uh, going around doing all of the raids and dungeons and bosses. It's pretty yeah. much what I do, too. Yeah, um, so it'll be good to finally play Final Fantasy XIV again for the single player. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking of starting a new character um, with the free trial before I decided to sub again. Um, well, because I haven't played through the story of Final Fantasy XIV since 2.0 started, I've been up to date on all the current uh, content uh, with, of course subbing whenever there's new content, getting through it, and subbing again later. So I've mostly just been at the forefront of new content, and it's been a while since I've played through Final Fantasy XIV's story. I actually did that a couple months ago, started a new character, and have been working through the story, and I'm almost through 2.0 now. Nice. So, yeah, it's definitely been nice. I I couldn't go through 2.0. I I could go through Heavensward again. I liked Heavensward, so I can go through that easily. Heavensward is very good. 2.0 2.0 is, is not too bad to get through again. It's really fast. It's easy to level. It's easy to go through. But 2.1 to 2.55, not looking forward to. But they have squished a lot of that now. So I, I, I haven't. Say, I need to see how that's going to play through. I was going to say, didn't they squish a lot of it now? So it's probably less painful. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't. Like, I was doing it before the squish. So I don't know how the squish has affected that character now. It's nowhere near as painful as the beginning of 1.0. I might, I, I'm not, not going to lie, I might name this episode before the squish. <laughs> Just so you're aware. <laughs> it's been, We've said before the squish a lot this episode. Oddly enough, at least in the last 15 minutes. I've said it, you've said it. <laughs> um, pre-squish. Yeah, pre-squish. <laughs> other than 14 and 15, have you guys played any Final Fantasy games? Oh, I, yeah, I have, for sure. I, I, beat, right. I beat Remake live on stream. I love 7 so nice. much. 
love that game love the original love the new one i i i so for me in the original seven i did not care for um i don't, I, don't know, I can't even think of her name all right Aerith. uh and Aerith. uh yeah current final fantasy remake i actually care for Aerith, and that's that if you knew if you know me for any length of time i'm like when Aerith, when like Aerith died in like my original this game i was like good <laughs> <laughs> good and now i'm just like oh this, they, they put personality in her and i like her so much more now yeah yeah Ugh. the problem with Aerith in final fantasy 7 is of course um they write her to be uh like an important character to the party but she is an important character to the party um potions are super easy to come by so healing isn't hard um her offensive capabilities are of course non-existent and always having to switch between back and front row is really tedious. So Aerith becomes, by the, by the time she gets impaled, more tedious to handle as a party member than endearing. Uh-huh. Um, but with 7 Remake, they made her, like, universally good. Yeah. Um, especially good as a healer, because potions are harder to come by in the remake, and they cost more. Yep. The, the remake did a lot of good. A lot. Like, I was genuinely surprised like i was very worried that it wasn't gonna be i i was um i was very very worried <laughs> so i was worried uh tifa and yeah i was worried tifa and Aerith were going to get the female character written by nomura treatment uh-huh. <laughs> because Aerith uh, Aerith sucks in the original final fantasy 7 but at least she had a personality Aerith and crisis core is like a robot yeah oh for sure for sure (laughs) how do you how do you make a character i didn't like not even like worse (laughs) yeah uh, and and then shockingly in this one i was like i i adore her i I mean still tifa tifa number one in my heart always but i adore it i think air air i like and when i know when that moment comes i'm going i might cry like i i almost shed a tear during this gameplay it was so well written and it was so good and they, it just the little touches yeah. they did in this game were just just so nice like the gym the 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 owner of the gym uh it's, it's like the little things in that game were perfect they were so yes. nice it, it is definitely a game that took five years to make <laughs> um and still has two more parts may i talk about uh spoilers for final fantasy 7 remake uh, I think so. I think it's been out long enough for ah. us to be yeah, like. I, I will. I will just let people know if you've not beaten uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, you've not finished it. Uh, come back in like <laughs> let's, let's say five minutes. Is five minutes good? Yeah, five minutes. Uh, is good. Yeah, we'll get five minutes. All right. Uh, what do you think of the timeline changes? Uh, I, I'm I'm okay. Okay with it if it stays as an alternate thing does that make sense like if it's just like can we add something to this and still keep true to the original I, i'm okay with that like does that make sense like if it's a in an alternate no, that, universe this is happening and i'm okay with it <laughs> yeah yeah no that that completely makes sense um i think final fantasy 7 is good as um, an homage to the original Final Fantasy VII, not a supplement to it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's good either way, um, but it's better 
as an homage rather than a supplement. Um, have you read uh, Final Fantasy VII, The Kids Are All Right? I have. All right. Uh, of course, that's the precursor to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, so, big spoiler for chat. Uh, what do you think of Zach Fair still being alive? I, I'm okay. <laughs> so, having played uh, the other Final Fantasy titles uh, and knowing Zach's fate, it's interesting that he's alive. It was like, it was like air air's whole, whole crooks, right. Is that is like he died and he's, he's not, not come back, but now, well, maybe. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I think it does the unintentional thing of giving Aerith and Tifa both more agencies, both more agency as a character. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of Tifa in Final Fantasy VII is, um, <laughs> hey, Cloud, you really remind me of Zack. I love you so much. <laughs> and her in Final Fantasy VII Remake just doing what she does because she's friends with Cloud and she sympathizes with um, uh, uh, the ideology of Barrett um, gives her much more agency as a character. And I think it's really good for the story of seven remake um yeah. i'm interested to see what they do with zach now that he's still alive and kadaj now that he's both alive and canonically in final fantasy 7 remake um i want to point chili in chat says and chili's beaten the game already i think i think he's alive in a different time zone. i think that was my understanding as well because the 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 clue that it was something was different was the potato chip bag i believe or the snack bag was uh and of course you know snack kings chili and i uh <laughs> <laughs> noticed that the 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 dog on the bag was different from the dog and they made it a very specific thing and if you go play final fantasy 7 pay attention to and, and i'm gonna try to keep it as spoiler free as possible but uh there is a dog uh, that they mentioned throughout the game uh, the, as a uh, the, oh the, this is a clue to know where you're going and like you always will see this dog pop up so at the time that this uh, this chip bag flies through if you you've seen that dog enough that you're like wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> something <laughs> something is twisty here there is wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff going on here <laughs> so uh and 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 now the question is in the second part, if we see that dog again, if it's the same as the snack bag, have we, are we on the same path? Or if we see the same dog, is it just now, like I said, that separate path? Uh, and hmm. are we, are we going to get two stories? One where things are true to the seven we all know. And then also we're getting a side story of the alternate world. And and I kind of hope that's what they're doing. I kind of like a subplot uh, of of things. So, <laughs> Chilean chat says I'm gonna call this plot okay. That Zach with Cloud is in the alt universe will play through some sort of different version of the main story. Then both the main cast and alter universe will fight Sephiroth together to try to kill him permanently. That's. That would be interesting. I I wouldn't be against that, Chili. Uh, um, 
I mean, I am very interested to see how Kadaj plays into all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am half convinced Nomura brought Kadaj back just because he likes his character design, because that's like the primary reason between most of the things Nomura does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Accurate. The aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nomura is so, very uh, much an aesthetic person. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, prior to the 7 remake, uh, yeah, the 7 remake universe happening, what do you think of the Final Fantasy 7 chronology? Oh, are we out of time? Uh... We said the five minutes. I, I think maybe maybe we don't want to spoil anything else. I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, just generally, do you think this Final Fantasy VII chronology is good or bad? Well, I think it's good. I don't see anything wrong with it. All right. Uh, a lot of people put it down solely because of Crisis Core and Advent Children. Yeah. Well, and if you want to put something down, those are two very good reasons to do it. <laughs> I. I... <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm not going to say anybody owns like a collector's edition of Advent Children on Blu-ray 4K or anything like that. <laughs> nobody, nobody on this uh, chat currently is, is owns that because he, he actually kind of likes it. <laughs> Advent Children is a good movie on its own. Um, it is. I think as a sequel to Final Fantasy VII, it uh, just doesn't hold up. It's aight. It's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can never get behind Emo Cloud. <laughs> um, in 7 Remake, it makes sense for Moody Cloud. In Advent Children, it doesn't. Because even towards the end of Final Fantasy VII, he was, he was really a pretty amicable, amicable guy. He was kind of a dork. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair. <laughs> All right, we're, we're coming up on our uh, about hour and a half, which is our, our usual cutting cutoff point for long episodes uh there is one very very important question that susan's just snuck into the show notes that i just noticed um so i guess this is a good way to kind of cap off the whole stream um crow very serious important question are you ready yes what is your favorite ice cream flavor um i've been thinking about this a lot um i I know we just talked about it (laughs) I don't have one favorite flavor because um, there's just so many good flavors to choose from. It's ice cream. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if there's one I had to fall back on, um, uh, mint chocolate chip is something I'm always in the mood to have. Mm, that is, yep. And I have some mint chocolate chip. Or mint chocolate cookie is what I have, technically. Ah, nice. That's what um, I had the other day. It was good. Have you ever had mint ice cream with the, what, uh, Thin Mint cookies in? No, but that yes. sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So, I don't remember. Maybe it was Dryers. They did a whole, like, Girl Scout cookie edition of it. They did the Samoa, the Thin Ooh. Mint, and I believe the Tagalong, the peanut butter cookie one. But all three, pretty solid. But that Thin Mint? Yeah, mint yeah. Um, pretty good. So... <laughs> it's m- mint plus thin mint, uh, and the time I had it, the thin mint was really, really strong. Mm-hmm. And you know the feeling, the sensation your mouth gets when you have thin mint. So, like, imagine that, and you're just complete, uh, continuously eating cold ice cream. <laughs> it is a great feeling. It's yeah. it's both tasty and like like touch 
like the touch on your tongue is elating. It's a it's amazing. I love it. So yeah, I always freeze the thin mints, and that's how I eat them. They're they're great. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love them. All right. Well, with that, thank you very much, Crow, for uh, for coming on and for chatting with us. It was uh, amazing. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, for everyone else, uh, is there anything that you would like to promote or shout out, or where can people find you? Um, first thing to promote, of course, my Twitch channel, uh, which is Chromias, uh, same as it's spelt here. Um, I have a YouTube channel, which is also Chromias, and that is where I will upload the Linkus Cube uh, podcast VOD first. Um, and, of course, my Twitter, at Chromias. Um, and if any of you guys are interested in art, I have a Newgrounds page with, like, three sketches on it. <laughs> um, I plan on using it more often as I get more into art. Uh, nice. And that's all I have to plug. Cool. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we look forward to probably having you back again. There are definitely a few topics that spawned out tonight that we could have entire full episodes again on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely uh, just so great to have you on, and I'm glad that you came and joined us. Thank you. Uh, yes, it was uh, a great yeah, it was a, a great time. I will. I am totally up for coming on, on again. Uh, thank you for having me. Gladys, yeah. did you have any final words for today? No, I'm good. I I think uh, I think you know next time around we'll just take more hot takes at video games than. <laughs> I have a lot of them. Continually crap on Superman sixty four. That's what we learned today. No, that game is not good. Talon, <laughs> Talon, Talon never responded, but I I can I will will continually stand by Superman sixty four is not a good game. It's just not. <laughs> we deserve a good Superman game, but that that we do we do we do we do. Well, well, with that, you know what that means. We get to say goodnight and goodbye, and we'll see you next Sunday for Magicka. So, <laughs> watch us, watch us kill each other again as wizards, or or do great, or fight a boss that I don't know what's coming. I forget what comes up next. I we we currently just give you a quick update. We 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 killed the guy, and then we went back in time. So, <laughs> so. Yep. So if you're, missing, if you're missing out on those those magic streams, I suggest I suggest go watch them. Uh, with that, uh, I want to I want to do uh, uh, one quick shout out or two. Uh, I already mentioned sound bites, uh, but uh, next Friday will be uh, the first episode of a side project I'm working on with Talon Broadbent and Chat uh, called the Wow Nightcap. Uh, which is a World of Warcraft podcast, uh, and it's kind of based on the of three people talking about the game, and just it's kind of like a late night chat. Uh, and there might be an alcoholic beverage in each of our hands or not. So uh, join me, Talon, and uh, my friend Laura uh, as we just just talk for about WoW, uh, and that's it. Should be fun. It's just gonna be just a lighthearted thing, and it, there's no cameras. It'll all be in game. Uh, you'll see my orc. <laughs> so uh you can go find that at the wild nightcap on uh twitter.com and then twitch and then just if you're if you're into that sort of thing uh thank you susan for linking it so uh so with that uh we got nothing else we're gonna get on out of here <laughs> well night everybody good night <laughs> follows all
Join Maelstrom Radio live Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern for our podcast and game streams at twitch.tv forward slash Maelstrom Radio. Our back catalog of podcast episodes are available at maelstromradio.com. You can email us at show at maelstromradio.com. You can tweet us at maelstrom underscore radio. Join our Discord at maelstromradio.com forward slash Discord. Also look for Maelstrom Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Maelstrom Radio is brought to you by maelstromradio.com and Blackfire Media. Produced by Flattis, Shinter, and Susan Sprinkle. Logo and artwork by Mary K. Larkins at themarylark.com. Show music provided by MDK. Check them out at mdkofficial.bandcamp.com. Views and opinions expressed by our hosts and guests do not reflect the views and opinions of any companies discussed on today's show. Thank you for listening to Maelstrom Radio. 